When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, tonight I wanted to do a video about the books from my youth. These books are ones that I got at a very young age. I want to say anywhere from elementary third grade, you know, when you're really starting to read more um, chapter books and everything like that, and asking for books for Christmas, and I became quite the reader as a kid. So books were my main form of entertainment that I enjoyed. And I've built a very interesting collection over the years, and you're going to see a little bit of that. So these books are just books from like middle school, elementary-ish, uh, and throughout high school, and some early years of college, but maybe I'll do another video with books I'm reading currently. I have so many books I'm trying to get through. And I haven't bought a lot of books, I think, um, in recent years, other than this past couple years. I've been a very huge uh, library goer, so I don't own a lot of the books I used to read as like a teenager, mainly because I didn't have a ton of money <laughs> at that point. Now I do, and now I get to buy all the books I want, which is very dangerous. So. Now that I'm older, I'm going to try and buy the books that I um, used to love as a teenager and as a kid because I know someday I might forget and that would be devastating. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into probably the first book, book series that I really, I guess, had really formed me. As a young child. So, as you can see, this is the Laura Ingalls Wilder books, The Little House on the Prairie. I think I've mentioned them a few times before. Um, but these books were very formative for me. I think I first picked up this series, I want to say, in like the third grade. With a little bit of dust. And ever since then, I had loved the book series. It really just goes throughout the childhood into sort of the adulthood of 
Laura Ingalls Wilder and her family. And it's very interesting because I know it's very biographical kind of stuff. I don't even think that's a word, but it's very much about her life, but it's written in a way that's, I guess, a very fictional story could sometimes read, so it's interesting. It really captivated me as a young child. So, these are two different books in the series. I have a full box set already of, um, like, books one through five or something, or one through four, and, uh, it's just really bulky and big, so I just, I have a couple copies of these books, which is the fourth book, The Long Winter, and the fifth book, Little Town on the Prairie, which are actually some of my favorite books in the series. And I think they're my favorites because they're right around when Laura's like 14, 15, and she's becoming a teenager, and just her relationships get more interesting. This book is actually from a library that I got. Uh, it was my school library, and they let me keep the book. At least, I think they did. <laughs> I was so young. I was like in the fourth grade. And you can see it's such an old um, version of the book. I love that. I love how, I don't know, it's very worn down. pages are yellowed. And unfortunately, and this has been true ever since I was a child, this section is completely removed. And I have kept it all these years. I just loved it so much that I couldn't part with it. I couldn't throw it out. Long Winter is such a fascinating story of just really hard weather conditions on a town. And I do feel like with how weather has been for our own, I guess, world, it's really resonating to this day. Just how quickly things change and even if you're prepared, you know, can get a little dicey. So, yeah. Definitely love this book. Um, and then I have the fifth one, which is a little bit more newer condition. And it has a bit of um, illustrations. Are nice. Yeah. It's crazy how the pages yellow over time. It's an interesting, I don't know, science. Okay. So, I had to feature these, and they happen to be my favorites in the series. we have, I mean, some of you might have 
connections to this, the American Girls Collection book series. I think I've dabbled between different uh, girls, if you will, um, in terms of their books and stories, but I was provided uh, and gifted these over Christmases when I was very young. I was like maybe 10 years old or something. Um, we have Kirsten, American Girl Doll. I think this might be backwards. There we go. From 1854, and this one was my favorite. I think Kirsten was one of my favorites. Um, yes, I remember very vividly getting this for Christmas and just how excited I was. And it's a memory I still have to this day. I think because my grandmother gave it to me. And it comes in, I think they usually have like six stories. And they're very easy to read. They're, they're all very thin. I mean, it was very, you know, realistic situations. It, it really, this book series started off pretty jarring, if you know what I mean. But I loved it. I loved that it went through all the seasons. I don't know. It's just very interesting. And I really loved it. So, let me know if you liked any particular American girl. I also got the, um, other American girl, I think, is it Molly? Molly McIntyre. Yeah. And this was like her in the 40s. These are like all the characters. I like that. And it actually has all six stories in this one book, which honestly is a lot more convenient. And it's very beautiful. Like, it's got a gold edge. Super beautiful. It's like a thick book, and then it has like a bookmark. I was, oh my gosh, I was age 11 when I got this book. So I think I was 10, and then I was 11. Very young. I was really into these particular books, and I think I rented the other ones from the library. But of course, as you get older, you start to jump to heavier content. So, uh, not that heavy, but there's some other fun books to share. Around the same time, or as I was kind of getting a little older, I want to say like, yeah, just a couple years older. I, I mean, these books, I feel like Heidi isn't difficult to read, at least from what I can recall. I haven't reread it in a while. Anne of Green Gables is kind of a tough read for a young child. I don't know what I was thinking. I did try and read the whole series. I felt like I was a little tired of it um, at such a young age because I couldn't really understand all the, I guess, the complexities of the language a lot of the time. Just the way it was written was very dense, lots of description, and I kind of felt like I really just wanted to get to the parts with Anne and Gilbert. 
if you know what I mean. Definitely love these stories and just loved the entire series and I think the TV show at the time, there was an Anne of Green Gables TV show, it was like a cartoon, was also very prominent at the time. So, With all that, it's been a series I've held dear. However, I only own the first book, so maybe I'll change that. But Heidi is another very great book about a little girl and her grandfather who live on a mountain. And, I don't know, just very wholesome. Heidi was very, like, bringing warmth to the village and the people around her. And I feel like a lot of stories about young little girls were like that, where they, like, Anne of Green Gables and Heidi, they, they were vivacious. They were colorful. They brought color to the world for their loved ones. Um, and that was almost like a mini superpower that I felt that they had. So I felt like I really resonated with that. Okay. I cannot feature a book uh, from when I'm younger and forget a series of unfortunate events. This series was... I honestly, during the years that it came out, let's see what year this came out, because I remember we would wait for these books to release like it was, you know, we were waiting for a movie to come out like it was very much 2005. So I was around fifth grade around that time. I had discovered the series and then I think they, they were still writing the books. So I had caught up and everyone who got a hold of these books in elementary school, it was like a race to finish it first, like in elementary school. For some reason, all of us kids, like this was, a le I guess, like a level of Harry Potter. Um, I didn't read Harry Potter when I was younger. I know, shocker. Um, it just didn't happen for me. I completely understand the hype though, and I watched all the movies, which honestly, I feel like kind of ruined the books for me because when I tried to read Harry Potter only a few years ago, I felt like the movie was in my head the whole time, so it was like a comparison contest. But I remember living in the moment with a series of unfortunate events and being there when the books came out and, you know, all the kids trying to read it. It was just such a I don't know, these were our thrillers. This was so dark, but mysterious. It dealt with themes that, I, I don't know, young children don't often face, such as, you know, death or murder mystery styles as a young child. There was a lot of mysteries, but it was more like who you know, who stole what, or, you know, very minor offenses. But this was like children running from a madman, and that's 
it was crazy. And then on top of that, you have um, Lemony Snicket, who was this, you know, what is it, pseudonym? Fake name, or, you know, author name, not a fake name. Um, and he was just his own sense of, like, mystery. So yeah, loved it. And I felt so on the edge of my seat every time I read these books. <laughs> I like to think that they are like the childhood thrillers um, that we had. But yeah, I was already diving into more complex genre or themes, I guess you could say, at this point. So this was definitely its own type of genre. I feel like most people read these and liked them. But at around this age, I want to say 11 years old and up, I started to become more fascinated with one particular genre, and that was romance. <laughs> so, let's move on to the next Ella Enchanted. Ella Enchanted is probably one of my all-time favorite books that I have had the pleasure of reading and owning, and this was before I saw the movie. The movie came out actually several years later, or like one or two years after I read this. I vividly remember seeing it in Target, the book section at Target, and I wanted to have it, so my mom got it for me. I was maybe in the fourth grade around that time. I would reread this book all the time. It is very well loved. As you can see. Maybe I can get it rebound someday. I don't know. It's disintegrating. <laughs> Ella Enchanted is about um, a young girl, 16 or 15 at the time, who is cursed to always accept commands and it's truly a curse that she has to live with and she has to navigate her it's basically like a retelling of Cinderella but so fascinating and funny and thrilling and she has to navigate her new family with this curse and there's a prince. <laughs> Gail Carson Levine is actually, or it's Levine, I call her Levine. Gail Carson Levine was one of the top authors I read as a kid. But, yeah. This is like my Bridgerton. Bridgerton, the series on Netflix, is the Netflix series and probably one of the few shows in the world for me that I regularly want to rewatch. There's just something about everything, the romance, the, the stories, the costumes, just all the vibes that make me want to have it. It's just a comfort. This book is like a comfort. It was at least. 
I would reread it all the time. It is very well loved. I haven't read it in a long time again. I read it a lot as a kid, maybe too much. But it's great. I don't think the movie did it justice, in my opinion. But I still love the movie. I still love the movie for what it is, but I felt like the book was a completely different story in a way. Like, it was just not the way I saw it in my head, which is fine. It was for the movies. They had to figure that out. is now a major motion picture, so it had already become a movie when this came out, but I hadn't seen movie yet. That's funny. I literally said that as I was talking about it. Um, but I'm glad that I got the one where it was like the original cover, or I think this is an original cover, but yeah, I love it. One of my all-time favorite books. And it's the book that sort of skyrocketed me into um, the genre of romance and medieval stuff, like princesses and all that. I loved it. Especially because she was like a very independent type of person. I gravitated then to this type of genre and I ended up reading so much and to this day, so much princess content. <laughs> it's I mean, it's, I don't know, I think we all can relate a little bit on that, or some of us. Continuing with the princess content is The Goose Girl, one of the most beautiful books I've read. It is so beautifully written. If you have not read it, it is written for any age, honestly. It's written in a way that's poetic, but not too complex for a young person to read, and not too juvenile for an adult to read. It's beautifully universal in that way. I could sing the praises of the Goose Girl for the rest of my life. And Shannon Hale is another wonderful author I loved. Um, beautiful. I want to say this was the book that, I mean, at this point in my journey of reading as a young child, 11 years old, around that time, entering middle school, these books inspired me to want to write my own books and my own stories. And I started writing my, my own little This book is wild. It's it's just once again very beautiful. The villain is so villainous. It makes your heart jump in a way that like it just it makes you feel like the characters are there. And 
You feel all the emotions for each one. And I think, I think a lot of the character development that is so impactful for a lot of books like these, in my opinion, are ones where characters are not like overdone. They don't feel unfamiliar. They feel like well-rounded without having to sort of prove themselves. I don't know. It's almost like less is more. I think I would love for my own characters to emulate Shannon Eels. <laughs> but yes, Goose Girl, absolutely recommend. I think I've mentioned this before, but Princess Academy, another Shannon Hale book. This woman is getting all the Newbery honors. She's truly a lovely writer. I had read this, I had rented it from the library as a kid, but it was one of my favorite books that I had always thought about. So in the last few years, I actually found this copy with the cover that I had loved. It's not quite exactly it, I think, but it's pretty much the same. And I purchased it because I wanted to have it in my collection. So it looks kind of fairly new, but that's because I recently bought it, but I did read it a long time ago, and then I reread it as an adult. There's actually a couple books in the series as well. I'm not a huge fan of the art they use now. It's a little, I don't know, it's not like this. It's not consistent. <laughs> I think that's the only reason why, but um, I have picked up the other books as well, so I have the whole series. The book is about a girl, Mary, who lives on a mountain. I kind of imagine it's like Greece, like ancient Greece kind of style, um, like Hercules. <laughs> I know that's really weird, but that's kind of how I imagined it. The girl lives, you know, in a village on a mountain where they quarry a bunch of, you know, precious rocks for the, you know, cities below. And they are approached by the royal um, representatives of, like, the king to find the next princess for his son. Basically like an arranged marriage from this village to find a girl who would fit. And they basically took all the girls and force them to a school nearby, not too close by, but nearby to train as a princess and then the prince would pick the princess. And it was just, I don't know, such, such a unique story and like had me, I don't know, on the edge of my seat in a way. Yeah, super riveting. One of my favorite books. So this next book is actually, it's like a representative of the book series I love, but it's the only book I have. <laughs> the Salamander Spell is a one of many books in the Frog Princess uh, series by E.D. Baker. And I love the Frog Princess. That series was pivotal. I, it was it was funny, it was energetic, it was young, it was romantic, it was 
just so fantastical and fun at the same time. I need to, this is a reminder, this physical book. I bought this when I was in the midst of reading the whole series and I wanted to read the next book and this happened to be it. And obviously as a young kid, I don't have the money to go buy all those other books, but now as an adult, I want to go get all of the Frog Princess books because this isn't even my favorite book out of the series. It was just something that I wanted to read next. Um, it's actually a prequel. It's not even like <laughs> part of the main series. So these are the actual books. The Tales of the Frog Princess, so you have the Frog Princess, Dragon's Breath, Once Upon a Curse, No Place for Magic, and then you have the, this is technically a prequel. And then I think there was a couple more, but this is definitely a physical reminder uh, for me to go and purchase the rest, honestly, because they were just so funny. So good, and I loved it. This was around 2007, so yeah, it was around like the 2004, 5, 6 years that I was reading these books. It's kind of amazing that the pages haven't yellowed. That's kind of weird, considering the other ones are much more yellowed. I wonder why. Maybe it's because I read those more. Princess series. Has it, does anyone know about that? Because that was so, that was like my jam when I was young. So, another series that I liked and loved were The Sisters Grimm. This is book seven. And the only reason I pulled this one out, I have a couple other books in the series. This is a common thread, but when I'm younger and I'm starting to read books at the library and then Christmas comes around, I'll ask for like book three, book four, book seven of book series that I was reading. So now my library, my personal one in my home, is just full of books with like book three, book four. Like it, a lot of the books from when I was younger don't have the first couple books in the series because I had already read them and then discovered them. I'm going to hopefully fill the gaps if I have the means to, but I chose this book because it had the least scariest uh, cover. <laughs> the other ones are a little, they're very dark. Um, this one is even a bit, I would say goth, if you will. Um, and it's evident in this book series that they deal with that kind of like aspect without it being scary, but it's still kind of like the covers are very gruesome in a way. Like as a child, I'd be a little scared, but I don't know why I wasn't. I don't know. The series is by Michael Buckley. And basically, it deals with these two girls who are sisters and they live with their grandmother and their last name is Grimm. I'm almost positive. I'm almost positive, yeah. Their last name is Grimm. And they're basically 
thrust into a world of fantastical fairy tale uh, people. Uh, if you've ever seen the series um, Once Upon a Time from ABC, I think, Disney. I love that series, by the way. Uh, that TV show, Once Upon a Time, it's a very similar theme where, like, fairy tale people are also in the real world. And it's awesome. And I loved the series as well as a kid. There's, like, eight books. There's a lot. And I love how beautiful. Like, this is how, you know, this is such a beautiful kid's book, honestly. I feel like a lot of the time it gets a little lazy. Like it's almost too cartoony sometimes or the binding is really flimsy. Um, but this is gonna last a long time so I really love this series. This is when I was getting into fairy tale stuff and I still am to this day. Love it. Um, but yeah. Highly recommend this. I don't know if the writing is gonna be best for like older people. I can't remember, but I remember it. Loving it. And just the dynamics of all the characters and the concept was very interesting. So, definitely recommend. Next enters the middle school, early high school era. <laughs> and you can't begin the era of middle school, high school without the Princess Diaries. I believe I had, um, we got these books right around the time the movie came out with Anne Hathaway, and we also got the movie. And then it was a couple of years later than after, I think after the movie, that I read the books, because the books are very, I would say, like, teenage writing. I think as a young kid, a lot of things you're kind of like, you don't get it. And then as a teenager, it starts to click a little bit more. The Princess Diaries is by Meg Cabot. I think that's how you say it. And this is like the box set. So we had the first three books, The Princess Diaries, Princess in the Spotlight, Princess in Love, I forget which one is second and third, but, um, I, you can tell I read these because their binds are really worn, and, uh, can you believe this box set was $19.99, so that was like $10 per book, and it was in 2004. Let me know if you ever read The Princess Diaries. I will say, all the books after the third book I did read, but I was just having trouble, like, sticking around. <laughs> I think because there were certain characters I really loved that were kind of in and out. Um, but I think that's because I was a teenager and now as an adult, maybe my mind will change. I don't know a long time ago, so, ah, uh, yes, so it's volume one, volume two, volume three, I love the covers, I think what happened is, like, the series just became very extensive, and I don't 
don't know, there was something about the first three books that just captivated me. And I reread them all the time. It's really funny to read back on these because the cultural references at the time are just so early 2000s slash late 90s. <laughs> and it's pretty dense, you know. She was like 15, 16. So, I loved all this. I still love the movies, but they are very different. Like, one of the biggest differences in this series is that she's a terrible relationship with her grandmother. Like, her grandmother is actually really mean. But she's not the villain, if that makes sense. She's just like a very mean lady. Um, which is not unlike, I think, a lot of relationships with certain family members. Um, you know, like that's not unrelatable or anything. But she had a terrible relationship with her. But then in the movies, it was just all like nice. <laughs> and you had Julie Andrews, who is like the nicest person in the world playing the grandma. And I was like, that is a completely different story, but in a good way. It was still a great movie. I think they still got a lot of the tone down. Um, in the first book, I think, or the first movie, I think the second and third movies. Um, wait, just the second movie. I don't think there was a third movie. The second movie was like very off, but still great. So yeah, let me know if you read these. These are one of my favorite series, and to be honest with you, it was because of the romance. <laughs> there was just something about it. I'm surprised I kept the box all these years. So, love that. Another series with a very strong, independent woman, was Maximum Ride. These books by James Patterson, who writes so many books, it's almost seems impossible, but um, this series was riveting in the concept of just the fact that it's about a, a group of kids who essentially experimented on as mutants, and they all come out with, this particular group of kids come out with a group of, like, they have their own wings. Um, <laughs> this cover is hilarious. And they have just such a interesting dynamic. It's, they're kids on their own kind of vibe, and they're just trying to, like, run from the bad guys. It's all very thrilling. And adventurous, and there's a little romance in there. Maximum, Max is the woman character. She's just like an angsty teenager girl and very sassy, very sarcastic, and just, she would say things so just point blank that I was like shocked that I would never be able to say that to somebody as a young teenager. So I felt like that really impacted me because 
it really made me feel empowered to speak my mind or stand up for what I believed in kind of thing, you know? <laughs> but sometimes it's a little interesting. Like, sometimes it could get annoying. Like, she could get annoying, but it was more like she was standing in her own way of problem solving. Which, you know, we can all relate. But she was just very, like, typical angsty teen. I don't know. This was definitely a trending character archetype. If you can think of, like, Katniss and Hunger Games or, um, Divergent. I forgot her name in Divergent, but just that kind of, like, cool girl. <laughs> I don't know. Tough girl kind of thing. It was very prominent. Anyways, still love the series. I don't think I ever finished it because he just kept coming out with more books and I was like, when will this ever end? So I don't even remember where I left off, but the first few books were really great. I don't even think this is the particular book I love the most, but once again, it's like one of those middle books that I had bought at the time. We're now entering later high school years, or into high school really, and I, this is book two of a series I love. I do want to get the first book. Um, it's called The Silver Blade by Sally Gardner, and it's the second book from The Red Necklace. The Red Necklace is the book one, and it's so good. And so is book two, just as much. Um, this guy looks like Ashton Kutcher. That is not why I got it, but, um, this book is about a Romanian boy slash man, because he's like 18 or whatever. I think his name is Jan. Yeah, his name is Jan, and he lives in, I guess like the 1700s, late 1700s in France, I want to say, during like the French Revolution era. I think this is when it is. I could be wrong. This book series is reminiscent of I want to say it's like a mixture of the Gangs of New York movie, like the vibe of a bad boss man, and Moulin Rouge. Again, there's like this love story between the handsome young, you know, main character man, and then there's a lady he's interested in, and she is sort of bound by potentially being, um, overpowered by this scary villain guy who's sort of like the boss, if you will, the bully of the era. This takes a much more magical turn, though, and it's just super beautiful um, from what I can recall, and I do want to pick up the first book and maybe reread it again now that I'm a little older, because um, I do feel like it was a beautiful read and just a great story. Like, it just stuck with me, and I, and I love Moulin Rouge, and I think if you do as well, you'll love this series and kind of understand what I'm talking about, but it's not as sad, <laughs> so that's good. Still a great read. Oh, how we could never forget Twilight. I mean, most of us maybe have read this, I'm not sure, but... 
Twilight was the beginning of my high school experience, honestly. Um, I have all the books, except for, I think, some of the, like, offhand books, I think. Um, I even have the latest one she came out with. Something Midnight, I can't remember. Um, I have yet to read that still. It's basically Edward's point of view of Twilight, and I don't know why. I have so many books I need to read. I have literally stopped myself from buying books because I have too many books that I need to read and I'm not reading fast enough. So I am like banning myself from buying a book unless it is a book that I know I absolutely want and I will read it right away, which is the only case. Um, otherwise, <laughs> I can't buy any more books, you guys. Like, it is a problem. We are becoming humbled and remembering our long to read list and um, I love Twilight. It was a book I felt I could come back to and reread, especially the first book. Sometimes I would just come back and reread Twilight and not read the rest of the books because to be honest, it got a little rocky there. <laughs> it got a little weird. Um, Breaking Dawn was like my least favorite in in just like a very specific way. The whole Jacob storyline was really weird to me, so. Um, I was an Edward Stan from the beginning and happy to be one. <laughs> Jacob has his moments though. We love it. And yeah, I, this was like the vampire era. There were so many vampire books out. This was just another series of like supernatural you know, type of fantasy going out into the world. Um, there's just nothing like a good Twilight read. It's like one of those comfort reads during, I want to say, like, Halloween time. I don't know if anyone else feels like reading certain books during seasons, but that's how I feel. in pretty good shape still. Uh, the pages are getting slightly yellow. I couldn't feature books from my youth without, you know, not plugging in Twilight. <laughs> Twilight is one of my favorite series, and it's just hilarious now as an adult, like, all the memes, it's just culturally just so funny to this day. I love that we can look back and laugh on certain things in the movies where I remember seeing Twilight come out the week it came out, and the movie theaters were, like, empty. Not a lot of people really knew about it, but it literally skyrocketed into like a cultural era. <laughs> so, had to share that. I do have all the other books, but I, I just wanted to share the first one as it was kind of the more pivotal and one of my probably favorite book out of the whole series. Next up are kind of the last, technically the last books that I'll be sharing. And these are sort of like 
later into high school, end of high school. I have so many other books that I read in high school. It just, these are kind of the physical copies I have of like a series I was very um, involved in. There are actually other series that I really love that I even think surpass these, but unfortunately I didn't buy them. I think, again, it was high school, college, I didn't have a lot of money to spend on books, and um, I read a lot from the library, so I'm actually trying to work out how I can purchase those book series, and maybe I'll share them another time, because there's so many other books that I loved, and I just don't have copies of them with me, but these are two series, books from two series different series um, from the same author, so that's why I'm kind of sharing them at the same time. They're by Lisa T. Berggren. So, I'll kind of share one at a time, but this series is the River of Time series. I have the first three books or so on my Kindle. That's around the time I got my Kindle and I was reading a lot on my Kindle in high school, I want to say, so I ended up um, just buying the books there, and I was traveling at the time, so I took them with me. And then I ended up getting these physical copies of the later books. It's the River of Time series. And so here in the front, you can see there's Waterfall, Cascade, Torrent, Born, and Tributary. Um, Born and Tributary, I think, are novellas, but the first three, Waterfall, Cascade, and Torrent, are ones that um, I fell in love with. And Deluge is also a great book, but the first couple books were my favorite. This series is about a girl who travels back in time, very much like Outlander. It is literally like the same concept. Um, and of course I think Outlander came out before these books, so I think it was definitely like a common genre they pulled from. And she goes back, this teenage girl and her sister end up going back in time to like the 1300s in Italy, specifically Florence and Siena, which I've actually been to in real life. And are beautiful places, so I, I love that I can, like, connect to that. Um, and it's all about, I mean, just off the bat, the romance hits. Like, it's very, it's a great romance. And it's very, it's, like, hot and heavy without it being specific. <laughs> like, it's not very specific. But at the same time, it's pretty cutting edge uh, for for what it was at the time. Um, I loved it. It's not graphic at all, so, you know, in case you're not into that, this is a great series uh, to have, like, a romance without that type of stuff. Um, I personally am a fan of both, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I think uh, this series is great. I will say there's some themes of, like, religious it's not, it's not specifically religious, but there's some themes in it, just as a heads up. Like, the character sort of believes in a god in, this, in a way, but it's not, uh, it's 
it's pretty subtle, I would say. And I think that's because the author is religious herself. And even though I'm older and I don't really connect with that element, like I don't like to read stuff with that heavy element, um, I think it's still something I'd go back and read because it's so subtle. It's not really a huge formative thing. Um, I don't know, maybe I haven't read them in a while, but I just wanted to note that. Um, but yeah, I really loved this series a lot. And then the same series, like author, created in a different series, but it's not about time travel. Um, it's still got like a fantastical element to it, but it's uh, Glamorous Illusions, the Grand Tour series. And it's about a young woman who is from a small town farm, discovers that she has a rich biological father who wants to suddenly form a relationship with her, but he's kind of like a mean person and sort of forces her to go on this grand tour throughout Europe, hence the Eiffel Tower. And he basically treats her like his own daughter, but then she has to kind of deal with her half-siblings. There's some romance. Again, there's some religious themes in it, but it's it's very subtle. Like, it's a function of the character um, versus, like, it's not, it's not, like, in your face or anything. Really great. Really great series, and she really knows how to write romance, in my opinion. So, um, I really enjoyed this series as well. like myself. You would love these series. Historical romance, historical fiction, romance. I love it. Romance in any setting for the most part. I've always loved books with happy endings. It is just something I've always loved as a kid. It's very hard for me to get into books that had very dark themes. I just always wanted escapism and something happy. Now I'm more, you know, open to thrillers or something a little scary. <laughs> I think one time I read an Agatha Christie book when I was in junior high and I was like shocked. <laughs> it, was, it was a great book. But it wasn't exactly what I always yearned for. I loved the romance the most. I loved fantasy the most. It's still my favorite genres. I'm open to contemporary romance sometimes, but it's not as thrilling to me when there's magic involved. It just feels a little more extra. I don't know if anyone can relate, but yeah, I hope uh, you enjoyed this, this very, what feels very lengthy of a book collection overview. It's not my whole book collection, but it does include all the very formative books from middle school to high school, etc. And there's so many more books, but I obviously would not be able to fit them in. So, anyways, I'd love to know what books you felt were formative to you, 
which ones you loved and just forever could never forget. I think my hope is to pick up the books that I'd never want to forget because I know someday I might um, adapt them with me. Is, I don't know. It would be a wonderful collection and building my own personal library has always been my dream. One of my dreams. So. Alright. That's that. Maybe next time I'll feature some books from the current day and age that I love. But, uh, thank you so much for watching and I appreciate you listening. And I hope that you are doing well and wish you the best. Okay. Take care.